Blog Talk Radio. This is Days of the Dead, 2018, Atlanta in the code blue room. You are listening to the Women of Independent Horror Panel, and you're on with the sexy witches. from the Geek Girls perspective, and I am the head hauntress, and we're going to have a wonderful show for you ladies and gentle witches out there tonight. Lots of stuff is about to happen, a lot of good things. It's Sweeps Month, it's Women in Horrors Month, it's whatever, Olympics Month, it's, it's, it's everything. Everyone's going crazy and running around in circles with their heads cut off. We don't know what to do ourselves, but... Good news is a lot of us have been very, very creative and super, super busy. So, without further ado, let me bring on my sexy witches. My first sexy witch, co-host, resides in Clifton Forge, Virginia, a regular on the East Coast HorrorCon circuit and my partner in crime. She is a horror fan, a super fan of the Marvel Universe. She's a featured zombie in the Plan 9 from Outer Space remake, and look for her on the web in ways that you would find extremely surprising. Please welcome to the show, the sexy porn witch, Erin Marie. You're on with the sexy witches. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing okay. I almost forgot about the show tonight. I kept thinking that today was Monday. (laughs) I kept thinking this was a different week, so I I was quite shocked. I was like, oh, I got a podcast tonight. I'm at my mom's, so I've kind of holed myself up in the car, away from all the noise of everyone else. So I've got a nice closed studio setting right now. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. And so uh, we got a lot to talk about, and I'm so glad we remembered because we had a really awesome awesome guest tonight as well as a welcome host that we always love on our show so i will get back to you in just a minute i'm going to bring in my other sexy witch co-host she's located on the east coast west coast in seattle washington she's a vigil artist she's a published author aspiring filmmaker look for her her writings in living dead magazines and some horror short anthologies near you uh, she loves horror films to the extreme, and she also loves RPG and live-action role-play. Look for her wolfy attitudes and personal writings on her popular blogs and YouTube channel, which is doing very well right now. And find her art on, on her store envy page, Marrow Minded Crafts. Please welcome to the show my sexy werewitch, Queenie Todd. Hello, oh. you're on with the sexy witches. Woo! Pretty good, pretty good. Yay. I'll take, 
I'll take that one. I'll take that one. So uh, we got a lot to talk about in just a minute, and I'm going to get right back to you, Queenie. But we've been super busy, and I know that you've been super busy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Busy. Other than busy, how's life treating you in Seattle? You're freezing your ass off? Hey, you got a hockey team. I heard about that. Oh, yeah? Cool. I'm yeah, not really like, big into hockey, <laughs> and I know that seems like every time I say that, like I'm not into hockey. They're like, "But you're Canadian, obviously you like." Ho-. No, I don't. I like live hockey, but I don't really like watching hockey. I ended up live having hockey. to watch uh, hockey a couple of times over New Year's. <laughs> no nice. oh, hockey. We this is a hockey household right now. We are Caps fans. As oh, wow. painful as that is. And believe me, it's really painful. Uh, the hockey game is on in the other room as we speak. We are losing. Uh, oh. <laughs> that's how it works with your caps. There, you know, there are a lot of promise and nothing. But Seattle, which has always been a team that a town that should have a, a hockey team, I think is perfect for an expansion team. So congratulations on getting an NHL and I'll well, root for your you. team. We'll be back with your creative stuff in just a minute, but I want to bring in our guest host, our fourth person, our corner this evening. Uh, This evening, we welcome back uh, uh, Atlanta's Georgia's own son of celluloid. He's a blogger, a podcaster, a regular, uh, was a regular participant in the Netherworld Haunted House. He also happens to be the head pro- the programmer for Code Blue at the Days of the Dead conventions. He's also a featured actor in the film Frankenstein Created Bikers and reprises his role in the recently released Frankenthug. So please welcome back to the show one of my favorite collaborators, Nathan Hamilton. Hello, sir. You're on with the ex-sexy witches. My God, I'm tired just you listing all the stuff I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're a busy man. Oh, hey. sexy witches. Oh, hey, bro. Well, now that you're here. So, yeah, uh, welcome good to, to be the back. show. Always good to be back. I'm glad it's been a little while. Uh, we just saw each other uh, three weeks ago at Days of the Dead Atlanta. Um, on the last episode, which, Nathan, you weren't, you weren't on, I did mostly, I focused on the Women in Horror panel and Women in Horror Month. But I wanted to bring you on and talk a little bit more about Days of the Dead, because I didn't talk about the Frankenthug panel and the independent horror panel at Days of the Dead. And you were the moderator on the independent horror panel, and you were on the panel for Frankenthug. So we'll be back with you in just a moment to talk about those things, because I want to bring it first back to my sexy witch in Seattle, uh, Queenie Todd. So hold on line just for a moment, and we'll get All back right. to Queenie, because Queen. We're going to start with Seattle because she's just chomping at the bit. She has a lot to talk about. So we got to get my sexy witch, get, get, get her sexy witch on. Uh, and by the way, I did watch one of your last videos. And thank you for the shout out uh, for the podcast of the Soska Center Sisters interview. So thank you on that on of your course. YouTube channel. So course, uh, I, I like how you have fragmented characters and like, like the sexy werewitch pops up, but she seems to like she's like the corrector. Like she's like, no, this is how it went down. Oh, okay. And then she goes back into the shadows. I, I have think personas, kind of yeah. Yeah. Well, she, yeah, she's I've a got fact the corrector checker. persona. 
Yeah, she's a fact checker. And then I've got like the silly crazy one who's the little chibi, right? And then I've got like full on beast mode, which is Queen Beast. Well, Queenie Beast is kind of the host of the whole thing, right? Yeah. That's that's usually who's doing most of the reviews, right? Exactly. Yeah. So. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about your YouTube okay. channel, which you've been doing a shit ton of stuff for women in horror month. And, uh, oh and talk about these crawl thing and what on the 24th, right? There's this crawl thing you're going to mm-hmm. do. And, and what the hell is a stinger video? Is that what you call them? Streaming video? Mm-hmm. Tab video. Oh, Tab streaming. Video. Tell me about, yeah. Tell me all those things. There's lots of things. Okay. Okay. We'll start from the beginning. We'll start with the Women in Horror Month stuff. So you guys know I always participate in Women in Horror. I love the cause and I believe in it. So, you know, it's like I have a stake in it or something. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, like I just, you know, I have a YouTube channel now instead of a blog. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do videos. And at first I was just going to do like a couple videos, but then I got really into it. (laughs) So I just did like, ah, whatever. Every every weekend I do a video um, for Women in Horror Month. And then, uh, like, the Saska sisters actually, like, commented on one of my videos. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> like, they, no, they actually I saw, didn't. like, one of the videos. Yeah, like, because I did a shout-out. And then, like, I think Sylvia or Jen was like, oh, my God, Queenie, it was so awesome to talk to you. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> they're, they're complimenting me. <laughs> give me yeah, compliments. Of, uh, I said, give me compliments. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that is our our currently our top streamed episode is the Soska Sisters are almost to two hundred yes. streams. So people get really uh, impressed when I tell them. Yeah, that's that's our top one. Not to take away from a lot of our other great wonderful guests, including Scott Shermer, who I'm actually pretty yep. excited because I w- Found is a great fucking movie. All right, I absolutely adore Found. I. Uh, and uh, Nathan, real quick, how many of uh, Scott's movies have you seen now? All of them. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> you seen all of them? Yeah. I'm the only one I think I'm missing at this point is Harvest Lake, and I didn't finish Headless, but that's not really the movie's fault. It was mine. So, you seen but uh, I've Lake. seen. No, I haven't seen Harvest Lake. Oh and God, that's... I know that. That one so and Found are to... neck and neck for my favorite Scott Shermer flick. Yeah, well, well, we'll have to field those questions when we get around because we do want to talk about Harvest Lake because I know about it. Uh, Bonnie, who's on the show often, uh, Bonnie Pavone up in Syracuse, New York, uh, she actually uh, really, really, really loved that movie. Like she, she's talked about it on the show. So, but I digress. Let's go back, to Queenie. Queenie, <laughs> see, I'm getting off subject. Yes. All excited about this. Yes. Okay, so you've got this so, crawl thing. What is that? Well, um, the channel crawl, the creepy channel crawl, came about as like a last attempt at trying to kind of get everyone to have the views and the watch time that YouTube is demanding for you to stay a partner. And a lot of us didn't make it, but at least like for my channel, actually, it really boosted my channel. Like I got 100 subs roughly out of just participating in this thing. Because the horror community is tight, right? When we need to be together, we band, you know? Like, we just, we bring it in, and we take care of each other. So, like, everybody's channel got helped by this, even if we didn't make it. 
So, and now we have connections with each other. Now there's like this ongoing, like we're still talking to each other, even though the crawl is over because I did it this weekend or last weekend. Sorry. I'm trying to figure out where I am in time. <laughs> where am I in time? I don't know. I'm like a time Lord. Constantly getting lost. <laughs> but anyway, we're, so yeah, we're in, uh, um, the horror addict. Where I, in time is Queenie Beast. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. I was thinking more about all time space, but yes, that works too. I think. Okay, good. And, and I was thinking somewhere in time by Iron Maiden. So. <laughs> <laughs> see, our brains just go everywhere. Do you see that? Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> too much pop. You guys culture, are my people. Too much pop culture. Yeah. Okay. So the crawl thing. What? So, so it was a live it, Okay. Stream, so it was an entire twenty-four hour stream. And you got to bounce around to different channels. I didn't actually host a stream on my channel because I didn't know how to do it, but I guessed it on someone else's. And after doing that, I feel like more confident in trying to stream on my own, you know? So I'm going to do one this mm-hmm. coming weekend. I'm going to I'm gonna stream on my own, see how, how it works. But yeah, like it was a lot of fun. And I got to talk to all these horror geeks, you know, and, and you get to bounce around. Like they, one of them, the horror addicts who actually was running it, they were there for the whole 24 hours. <laughs> they did not have a nap. I took a nap, but that's because I have to. <laughs> like, you know, my body's like, no, now. <laughs> You're going to nap now. But, yeah, it was really uh, fun, and I got to make all these connections, and, like, we got to connect with other horror fans. And it was just great. Everyone was trying to be really supportive of each other, you know? That's that's awesome. And so you're going to try it on the 24th. What time will you start doing yep. that? 4 p.m. PST. 4 p.m. So, PST. Come check me out so Saturday, we'll make... Saturday, February 24th at 4 p.m. PST. We should so create an like event page. You, right? I yeah, do have an event. We should create an event page. Okay, oh, well, I'll send you a link. So I, can add it, I can add it to the, I have a promo, to the list. A trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah, I had a, trailer. a promo trailer. Yeah, so yeah, put it put it on so we can add the event page to the list of events in our list sure. of events. Because if you go to so the Archivist like- on Sexy Witches Facebook page, you will see, and click events, you'll see a shit ton of events. A lot of them I talk about on the show. Um, it's part of the community calendar, but look for our stuff, too, because we're often in there doing things, because we do stuff and things. So, uh, so okay. speaking of Women in Horror Month, uh, real quick, Michelle Nesk is, was on the show last week. Uh, she's, yep. you, and they, you talked about this briefly, and so you have done the interview now, and you said yep. you had about two hours of, of raw footage. Oh, my gosh. We just had so much fun talking. Like, we talked about all sorts of stuff, and she was just on the ball, you know what I mean? Oh, I love when interviews just go <laughs> go smoothly. So when do you think you're going to have that posted? On Sunday. This coming Sunday. Sunday. Oh, wow. Yeah. You are I don't know what time, but it will be Sunday. Things and the stuff. Things and the stuff and the <laughs> things, man. You've got a lot to do. So great. Fantastic. And then last. And last but not least, let's remind people that you do have a public appearance coming up. You're going to be at Crypticon Seattle, and when is that going to be? Uh, isn't it in May? I can't. I can't remember the date exactly. Yeah, but I think it's, it's in May. It is in May. May is a very busy, busy month for the sexy witches because you're going to be at um, you're going to be at the uh, um, 
uh, Crypticon, and Aaron Marie yep. is and I are going to be at Days of the Dead Charlotte with Nathan, and and then on the beginning of the month, I'm actually going to Texas to Texas Frightmares on a press pass. So I'm really busy too. So so May is going to be an awesome awesome month for the sexy witches. But before we get ahead of ourselves, Nathan, let's talk about one more reflecting and some recapping of Days of the Dead, and then we can put that sucker to bed until the next one, right? Yeah, Days of the Dead never really goes to bed. <laughs> I just I finish one, no. I start working on the next one. <laughs> no, no, they don't really stop, do they? <laughs> You know, it's like maybe no, 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 it's like too far away, but it's not. It's really not that far. No. So, no. Oh Atlanta, Atlanta so. was really awesome this year. We, it was the first anniversary because we start the Blue Track started in Atlanta last year, and so it was kind of the homecoming and the you know the one year anniversary party, and everything was awesome. I mean, we pretty much doubled our attendance from last year. We had some you know some great programming, had a lot of fun, and it, Atlanta Blue Track could not have gone better. You heard that big crowd scream. That is not me adding effects to that crowd. That was a huge crowd to see the women in horror panel. I was very flattered and honored. It's awesome that they everyone turned out to see the lovely ladies up on stage. Uh, but you as also were super actual, busy. As far as excuse me, as far as actual panels go, not the you know not Sin and Salvation or the Dirty the Con Con Game Game Show Show, but as far as panels go, that was the excuse me that was the best attended panel all weekend was the Women of Independent. I, I, I I was I actually and I'm not saying because I was on I was moderating I was I counted every room that I went in because I'm anal like that and I used to do lots of this kind of stuff so head counts are something I always do and you were averaging thirty plus a room um, on panels and, and that's that room and that's a very comfortable size but like the women in horror panel was like <laughs> people were standing everywhere I didn't know what to do. Yep. And awesome. you did an absolutely but, but, wonderful job hosting. Thank you, thank you. And right after I left there, uh, or my panel was over, because I actually came back in, uh, you continued the talk on independent horror and talked about the, uh, the, the it was a larger, you brought the boys in, basically. <laughs> it was the second half of independent horror. And you, so you talked about a bunch of films, including uh, one film we're going to talk about tonight, uh, Space Babes from Outer Space, uh, which was on that panel. Independent horror has always been the, you know, the heart and soul of the blue track. That was, you know, I hosted the independent horror panels way before I even started the blue track. So independent horror is always going to be my main thrust for this, you know, programming. And so, you know, I think it was cool. I had two independent film uh, panels this time. And, I mean, we were going to do a, you know, a premiere because Brooklyn wasn't going to be there, which we're going to do in uh, Charlotte instead. And it's just cool to be able to put a spotlight on these people. And I've had people come up to me afterwards and say, hey, I went and bought such and such a movie because I saw the director on the panel. I wouldn't have known about it otherwise. Thank you, man. And when something like that happens, that would make, that's what makes everything worth it. And that's exactly why I do it. Um, another panel that gave a bump to some of the people on the uh, independent horror was in the Frankenthug panel on Sunday. Uh, did we lose somebody? Uh, are we there, Nathan? I'm still here. Okay, so it looks like we lost somebody, and I guess maybe it's not me. That was weird. Um, but anyway, so you can hear uh, me, right? the second, yeah, yeah, I hear you. That's fine. I I think maybe someone 
came on and then disappeared. I couldn't tell. Anyway, we'll ignore that. Blog talk and live radio, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, getting back to our conversation, Nathan, um, I was going to say, so we had on the independent horror panel, we had Brian K. Williams, and I'm trying to remember who else did we have on the on the main panel with you? We had right um, after me? Mike. Mike was on there. Michael Lombardo, which is we've, uh, mm-hmm. a friend of the show's, of course. Um, and, and Molly uh, Coffee. Molly Coffee. That's right. She's awesome, by the way. She really, really impressed me. I mean, that, uh, you know, the, the whole, the how how she basically built her own FX company from the ground up. That is just hardcore and awesome. Uh, you and know, she's so uh, I really. She does everything. You have to do an independent film, though. I, you really do. It, yeah. It's just kind of crazy. So, um, and. And I was Am really I glad she more? was on that panel, too. I was really glad she was on I, that panel. Because I didn't want to have the appearance of it being a boys' panel and a girls' panel. <laughs> so no, I'm really I glad I had that. another I female filmmaker either. on that panel. And, and if you and, notice, uh, when I was pitching, I pitched it during my panel. I pitched it as two hours of solid independent film talk. That's how mm-hmm. I was pitching it. You know, because exactly. I didn't want it to be that way either. So, um and the one uh, you're forgetting why is, am I? Now you forget Robert Hall. I, how could I forget Robert Hall, man? Mark, uh, yeah, Robert Hall. He's um, the guy from uh, he did uh, uh, Sarah Trost's uh, Crumb Skull, right? Yeah, Lady Rest, one of the one of the best one of the best slasher movies that's come out since the heyday of slasher movies. Yeah, Late to Rest. Sarah Trost did do Crumb Skull on Late to Rest. I actually asked that question about it. I was like, yeah, you know, yep. I just did Sarah Trost's movie. Uh, Small World, you know, comes back around. But um, um, also, and also uh, so something I personally on. thought was cool, something I personally thought was cool, is he worked on Secretary. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. That's, that's right. He yeah. Did say he worked on Secretary. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you know, he did all the scarring. He, he, I even know what shot he did. He he mentioned the mm-hmm. shot at the end with all the scarring, which is one of the most beautiful shots in a film ever. It's such a – it's in an odd way. It's an amazing payoff to the whole fucking movie. And so that's a very important yeah, shot. Yeah, as soon as he so said that, I, I knew exactly – yeah, I'm like you. As soon as he said that, I knew exactly what he was talking about. Yeah, me too. I, and Secretary is such a great fucking movie. I don't know why people don't watch that more often because it's so good. You know, I, oh, my God. So I can even go on a rant. I've been actually having this speech about how much Fifty Shades Freed makes me want to, like, just, like, cut my head off and, and stuff it down my own throat. Uh, it's just – but we will talk about that right now. I want to keep it positive because we have Scott Shermer coming on. And, you know, so anyway, we got plenty of severed heads coming our way and a lot more fun circumstances. So getting back to independent horror, we're going to move on to Sunday. And Sunday was my boy Richard Tanner, uh, who I've met a couple of times. And uh, it was his movie, Frankenstein, which you also have an overlap because you play the same character in Frankenstein Created Bikers. But now you're the villain for this film. Um, am I right about that? You're the villain for his film, Frankenstein. Absolutely. I am the uh, the main bad guy. I play little Dave again, which I'm not exactly sure how that works because I died at the end of Frankenstein Creative Bikers, but hey, you, know, you can't keep a good horror icon down, I guess. So, yeah, yeah, I can't like it's, much, like the, it's like Grindhouse. This is a much that bigger we, role. You know, they play him out in reverse order, right? Grindhouse uh, 
Planet Terror takes place after the Death Proof, right? But they right. actually flip them in the movie. So that's what it is. So think of it that way. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that was an interesting yeah. movie because I was on crutches the entire time I was filming that flick. So there was a lot of um, rewriting to where I'm sitting down and a lot of, you know, standing on crutches until they call action here, hold these. All right, cut, give them back type of thing. So it, it was... That was a it was a difficult movie to shoot, but it was a lot of fun to shoot too. Well, it, it, I haven't watched it yet. I'm actually waiting. And Richard, I I know you're probably listening tonight, um, and I will watch your movie. I'm waiting for someone to watch it with me because I know that it's right up his alley, and it, it'll probably happen this weekend. Um, and I'm going to. Um, uh, Aaron and Queenie, talk to me afterwards about. Um, maybe being able to see the movie yourselves. So we'll talk about that later. Uh, but, um, you know, Frankenstein, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I, and I'm so, like I said, I'm deliberately not watching it because I really, really want to see it with somebody. <laughs> and, and you know what, though? He, what's awesome about the panel in this movie, though, is that he said this is going to be get of, like, this larger universe. And the one that caught, that caught my attention was Trap House of the Living Dead, I am so mm-hmm. there to see that. Like, like that to me, you get a badass, like, like get like Twenty One Savage esque type, Run the Jewels type soundtrack with it, and you're gonna have the best zombie trap film ever. <laughs> That's one of the cool things about Atlanta. We have so many <laughs> great underground hip hop artists that it's really not that tough to put together a great soundtrack. No, and that's it's amazing. You can do so much. There is so much in Atlanta. Um, I really love this show on uh, Vice called Noisy, and they did an episode about trap in Atlanta, and I just love that episode. It's love. Atlanta is so like I go down the days of the dead because Atlanta is so vibrant and so on the pulse of what America, the positive stuff in America right now, movies, music. Makeup effects. Oh, my God. Makeup effects. They, there's groundbreaking there. Like, I loved listening to Roy talk on the Code Blue track about, uh, oh, you don't need to buy this expensive blah, blah, blah. Just go to the grocery store. Buy this, this, this product. And boom. I really hope someone had recorded his panel because he was giving away trade secrets left and right. And I didn't have time to write it down. <laughs> so. Yeah, those, those kind of classes are the things people pay top dollar to take classes from him on those kind of topics. And that's kind of he, he, you get on the blue track, man. He, he, makes, he has a class at Scares That Cares that you have to pay for. You know, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't get to go see Roy Woolley at Scares That Cares because usually he's in the pay workshop and I'm too busy. Uh, so uh, it was like a pleasant surprise to see him there. So I'm really happy maybe, that maybe everything he- worked out. Maybe Roy figures he owes me for all the horrible shit he's done to my face over the years. Well, you know, and, and maybe it's <laughs> bank so he can continue to do it, if you know what I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that um, Frankenstein panel was so, interesting because I did it semi in character. Now I had the whole, you know, little Dave get up on, and I was so hungover <laughs> on Sunday that I was I was barely functioning, and that like put me straight into the little Dave mindset. Like it was. I don't know if I could have been Nathan Hamilton on that panel. I had to be a little bit. At least, at least you were hungover, and it wasn't like what happened to the Sunday panels last year, where they stole your jacket and the audio equipment. 
I still mm-hmm. feeling that to you know. I mean, I'm still mad about that. I don't know what to do. I can't do anything about it, but I'm I'm angry to this day about it. You know, it's like holy shit. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, but but it went so much better this time that way. I mean, we didn't have any issues at all except for one locked door that we couldn't keep open. <laughs> Other than that, yes. everything else went swimmingly, and we have a new mascot. We have uh, the blue pumpkin, Lucifer. and his name is Lucifer. Yay! You'll see Lucifer. I think Lucifer is ex- is our mascot from now on. I think he is our. Yep. He's so cool. So I'm so glad about that. Uh, so uh, now, before we move on to our next topic, Nathan. Uh, I heard rumor mm-hmm. you're starting to do blogging and videos again. I'm getting there. I am. Uh, I had started doing it with the site that will remain nameless. That didn't work out very well, but it kind of got me, got the bug in there, writing and doing videos again. So very shortly, I will be starting back on Son of Celluloid and getting that cranked up again. But one other thing I want to bring up is I, me and Nicole Gould, the Battle Cougar, have just launched a new podcast. We are two episodes in. The podcast is called Caught Dead Watching. That's because we're revealing all the kind of stuff most people wouldn't be caught dead watching. Because we both have, (laughs) you know, part of our friendship forever has been the sharing of terrible movies. The so good they're bad type of place. Like episode one, we did Barn of the Blood Llama. And episode two, (laughs) we did Suburban Sasquatch. So we're picking the worst of the worst and reviewing them because we love these flicks. So everyone go to Caught Dead Watching on Facebook. Uh, we're two episodes in. We're actually recording the third episode tomorrow. So, yeah, check out Caught Dead Watching. Can we know what you're going to – what you're reviewing uh, tomorrow? Uh, yeah, it's a movie called Absence of Light. Nicole says it's the worst movie she's ever seen. I've seen about five minutes of it, and I think I might end up agreeing so this is going to be a first-time watch for me, a hundredth-time watch for her, and, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Okay. I, I'm looking forward to listening to your show. I always need new podcasts to listen to. Sometimes some of my favorite podcasts I can't listen to because they talk about new movies, and I don't want to listen to them until after I've seen the film. So it's awesome to hear about a movie that I really don't care about. <laughs> you know, it might make it actually might make me want to watch it because, you know, we have, I have bad taste in films, too. I love those bad movies. Yeah, Lynn Hansen disagreed with me. I said that all films have value, and she goes, no, that's, I don't agree with that. <laughs> Last episode, and hey, like, I heard that, and I'm, in, I'm on your side on that one. Hey, Nathan. <laughs> hey, Nathan. I'm on, I'm on her side. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, it's pretty funny, yeah, Lynn Hansen. She was just at uh, Mon- Mad Monster Party over the weekend. Ah, okay. I believe he is on time. Wow, that is punctual. Let me go ahead. Are we all ready to bring on our guest for tonight? Let's yeah. Wait, wait, wait. wait, I have a question. I have a question. Okay, yes. A burning question. You can have okay. Nathan, okay. if you ever want mm-hmm. to collab with YouTube stuff, let me know, okay? Absolutely. Because it would be fun to collab with you. (laughs) Cool. I'll hit you up. We'll get something going. Cool. Okay, we can move on. (laughs) Oh, no, that's good. The sexy witches bringing people together, you know. Being forceful. (laughs) Yes. Damn right. It's now 930, so I'm going to bring on the guest after a brief 
uh, I'm going to take a quick break, like a thir- literally a 30-second break, and bring on our guest for the evening. And I can't wait to talk to him. Loud Sense Productions, in association with the Sexy Witches Presents, Repo Nerds, the podcast where there's no such thing as indecent exposure, restoring nerd cred, one geek at a time, a live, interactive experience, Thursdays at 10 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio, with your host, writer, Token Tom Clark, and the head dress archivist, Elizabeth Catherine Gray. Yeah, so you can listen to Repo Nerds, which is my secondary podcast on the Sexy Wishes thread. We just did one recently on Firefly and Serenity. Um, still mad at Token Tom for not watching Serenity before the episode, <clears throat> but that's another story. But let's bring on my guest tonight. I am very, very excited. I just I asked him. He said yes, and I was like, woohoo! So here we are. Uh, my special guest tonight is the director of Found, Clankface and the infamous Harvest Lake. We'll talk those films as well as uh, as new to VOD, uh, Space Babes from Outer Space, which was his director of photography. Uh, he just start pre-production on his new film, The Batman. And please welcome to the show my our, the indie horror director extraordinaire, Scott Schirmer. How are you doing, sir? You're on with the Sexy Witches. That's quite a buildup. I'll try to live up to it. <laughs> I like giving intros to people. I'm so glad you came on. Thank you, sir, for coming on tonight. Uh, let me introduce you to our panel, this, our discussion panel this evening. Uh, you have Erin uh, Marie, my sexy porn witch in Virginia. Say hello. Hello. Howdy. <laughs> uh, in Seattle, you have my sexy were witch, Queenie Todd. Woof, woof. Hi, <laughs> hey, Queenie. Hi. And you may, and I know you may know this guy because you guys may have overlapped a couple of times. But he is the son of Sally Lloyd, and he's my guest host tonight, the fourth corner to our coven here, uh, Nathan Hamilton. Hey, how's it going, man? Long time no see. Yeah, it's been just a little bit, but I've seen you plenty of times. Yeah, I've been on uh, I've been on my panels a few times. Yep. Yeah, I, I I know worlds collide on Sexy Witches, so uh, I'm so glad that everyone's here tonight. And so, Scott, I wrote to you and said, hey, do you want to be on the show? And you're like, I love podcasting, sure. And I was like, woohoo. So I've been very excited to have you on. Uh, I, I would want to start with Found, because uh, Found is probably my favorite. Actually, it is my favorite film of yours. Uh, I you came out guns a blazing with this film and uh, and I know that obviously it did really, really well, but did you even imagine the amount of attention that that film got when it first hit? Because it blew up so big. I was seated on mainstream top 10 list that year. No, no, I never, I, I didn't know what we had after we finished shooting it. It was December of one year, I think twenty. 2011, and then I just sat on it for six months and edited it very slowly because I didn't really think anything was going to happen, and it wasn't until I showed the rest of the crew the the rough cut that people were like, oh my gosh, this is really good, and I'm like, really? So, I don't know. You lose objectivity when you've been with something as long as I was with Found because it's shot for about a year, 
and then I edited it for six months, and it just took forever. But I'm glad that it all worked out the way it did. And honestly, I don't even know where, like, the end of this journey is on that movie because people are still discovering it. Like, in Italy right now, it doesn't have distribution there, but people are discovering it. And now, all of a sudden, our online store with Forbidden Films, where you can buy found, orders are coming in from Italy now because people are talking about it over there. So it's one of those movies that I think is just going to continue to creep across the globe for decades to come, I hope. Well, it also has a place in honor in my heart because it was on the British Video Nasty list for a while, and they edited 28 seconds of your film. Um, and uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan, and I mean, uh, not that the list exists, but of the list of films, if you know what I'm saying. So uh, yeah. censorship is a terrible thing, but at the same time, I, th- I would say wear it as a badge of honor because you're with there with oh, some yeah. of the greats. So, <laughs> uh, and so yeah, you, you was us, when we did a virus horror hunt, she was telling us, you know, you might get banned in some countries, and that's good. You want to get banned because that draws attention to the movie, and it did. Oh my God, did it! I, I am so excited for you there, and 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 it and basically what it did, which is what we all could hope for, as this low end indie horror world that it doesn't necessarily make you a lot of money, but it makes it possible to make your next movie. <laughs> and so you've actually now have. How many movies directorial you – have, you have, like, what, six directorial films under your belt, plus you're an editor and a director of photography. Uh, so you've got quite a nice list of movies. Um, and without – I mean, of course, all of them are your favorites. But what are, what are your favorite films of yours that you like to work on the most? Which are the ones that you, you can actually rewatch? Headless is probably the most rewatchable one for me. Um, I don't honestly know why. I just know that I can look at it, whereas Found or Harvest Lake or Plank Face, I, I can't watch those over and over again. And it might be because I directed those ones and I didn't direct Headless, and maybe that's why I've got a little bit more, I don't know, objectivity about it. But for whatever reason, that's the one I can still watch. And with all the other ones, I just kind of watch it once with an audience at, like, the premiere and then I'm like, okay, if that's good. I'm never going to watch it again because if you watch it again, then you're going to start seeing things that you want to change about it or fix or things that are wrong or that never quite lived up to the way you imagined. So I like to leave my myself on a good viewing of the movie and not tempt fate by maybe watching it too many times and not liking the movie anymore. Yeah, I can dig that. A few, few directors say that. Uh, you know, uh, but at the same time, I mean, you, you, you have, I would have to believe you do accidentally see your films multiple times, especially since you tend to be a pretty steady uh, person on the uh, film festival track. I mean, your films drop almost every time on a film festival. So I'm sure you're like at least standing in front of your film and discussing it a lot. Yeah, like, you got to get know. out there and pimp, your, pimp yourself a little bit. But I usually leave once the movie starts, and, and then I go to the concession stand or hang outside with the other filmmakers, <laughs> and we all, like, talk and then go back in at the end when there might be a Q&A. So um, do you, I know that it's, it's a necessary evil. Uh, at the same time, uh, you know, film festivals and horror conventions are where some of the coolest people we meet um, oh, yeah. happen to, you know, it's like Nathan here and, you know, uh, sexy witches and things like that. 
Um, Nathan, do you have any questions you want to ask my uh, guest tonight? Actually, I had a question about uh, the Batman. I know we're, we're skipping ahead here. I remember uh, back when you did the <laughs> a little first. Bit. Back, back when you did the first uh, crowdfunding for it, you you came on me and Brad's show and you told us all about it. Is the Batman the same yeah. movie it was then, or have you had to make changes to it? It's basically the same movie. Yeah, it's it's like I would say it's like eighty-five to ninety percent the same movie. I did rewrite it a little bit in the interim, so it's it's a bit different, but not too substantially. And okay. it's gonna be awesome. Um, <laughs> people still there, right? Uh, choppy, I'm choppy sound, but it's all good. Okay, good. So, yeah, that was a little bit of a jump, but let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Batman. So you just started pre-production on Batman with an intent to shoot this relatively early in the summer? We just shot three-quarters of it in January, and there are five more days of filming left, but we can't do those five days until the weather gets better up here. So I'm thinking maybe May is when we'll try and finish shooting and I'm going to go ahead and start editing very, 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 very shortly the three-quarters of the movie that I've already got. And then there will probably be a pre-order campaign coming in the next month or two at the latest, I think. Uh, so uh, can you tell us a little bit about the Batman? Of course, without too many spoilers here. <laughs> I don't I don't know what I, – this is a hard movie to talk about because it's just – so freaking weird. Um, <laughs> weird is what it's about. I don't even know if that's. I don't even know if it prepares you for what it's really like. But essentially, there's a young couple who are kidnapped in their own home by a clown and his henchmen, and the young couple are forced to become sex slaves that are going to be sold at auction to a cult of wealthy deviant people. Jesus. I know. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my goodness, man! <laughs> oh man! But it's this is not your really, first really scary clown story. movie. It's not yeah, really a scary clown movie. But the clown's just incidental in it, and he's not like a classic clown. He's more just like a guy who plays a clown at kids' birthday parties sometimes. But uh, it's harrowing. It, the reason that I really wanted to make it was because it's emotionally and psychologically very distressing and suspenseful and I just feel like if 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 we've done this the right way and I think we might have because the performances are pretty darn good I think audiences are going to be so tightly wound before that last act that they're just going to be ready to panic and uh, they're really going to want to see these good characters escape and they're really going to want to see this clown die and die and die again and uh, I think it's going to be exciting. I have a, I have a good feeling about it. I think it's either going to be my best movie or the one people hate the most. <laughs> it's going to be one or the other. Well, you, you've always pushed your boundaries. I mean, Found definitely pushes boundaries to the point that it was censored. Harvest Lake, uh, you know, you're talking about rewatching Harvest Lake. Not many people that I know that even like the film can rewatch it over and over again. It's a bit of a harrowing experience, apparently. Uh, so you're almost to the point, I would say, that most of your films, with the exception of Space Babes, is a type of body horror. In, in in some ways, even plank face, uh, you know, you, you tend to push those boundaries 
Uh, what makes you want to go there? Because you do. You don't really pull your punches. It's mostly because I find sex and sexuality, and I just find those things so fascinating and horrifying at the same time that they're just to me they're they're as fascinating as the stars so i feel like i could probably make movies about sex and sexuality forever and ever and ever it's because that's just something that intrinsically motivates me to want to tell stories so i don't know i I try also not to, to question myself too much either i kind of try to follow my gut and it's like this feels right or this excites me because if it doesn't feel right or excite me then i then I get bored writing it. And if I, if I get bored writing something, then I'm like, well, if I'm bored writing it, they're going to be bored watching it. So I just kind of do what my gut tells me. And uh, so far I feel like they've all connected with audiences. So the bad man was really scary though. When I wrote the bad man and finished it, I went upstairs and told Arthur and Leah, because I live with them, guys, I don't know what the fuck I just wrote. <laughs> I don't know if it's good or bad, and I let them read it, and they gave me good feedback. I've gotten a ton of good feedback on The Bad Man, and that's kind of what gave me the courage to to go ahead and make it into a movie because I think maybe it was Clive Barker and maybe it was Whisker. I don't remember who it was, but someone once said that a really, really, really good story that people are going to connect with should almost be embarrassing to you. Like It's almost like you're revealing too much about yourself. So the bad man kind of goes there, (laughs) and uh, hopefully people connect with it, and uh, I don't end up uh, too embarrassed. Well, but, you know, there is is that risk, though, because like we were saying before, I mean, there's a lot of people. You've got a pretty steady fan base, you know. You have at least two of us here that are fans of yours, and, you know, we're, we're really excited, you know. Uh, and to that you're on this, you know, we've watched your movies and things like that. But, the, you know, you also have some naysayers. I'm not talking about naysayers, but you've been, you have to develop, though, a bit of a thick skin. And I'm sure history-wise you've kind of learned to develop that over the years, especially considering the subject matters you deal with. Uh, so how does, uh, let's say, a young filmmaker who's trying to go and do edgier things, like loves you, loves the Soskas and, and can't wait to see Rabbit, loves Cronenberg, loves films that cross our boundaries, martyrs, things like that. What do you say to that, those oh, kids that want to make films like that? You know, uh, uh, how do me. they put, deal with the trolling? How do they deal with the people questioning their own sanity? Uh, oh, my. Um, I think for a little while it's good to listen to everyone you can to get feedback your family and your close friends are usually pretty biased, and they're just going to tell you that it's great, or and that's not you don't really know if, if they care enough to tell you the truth. So it is good to get honest feedback, and I feel like I did that before found. Like I I found out I got my confidence well before found, and then when found happened, it still hurt a little when you get reviews. Like I remember. When Found happened, I was, like, Googling the movie every day to try and, like, find reviews and any kind of coverage of it because I was this was this it was my first, like, time, like, putting a movie out into the world. I'd made several before Found, but I never released them. But Found was the first one I released. And so it was – I was like, you know, gosh, did people like it? Did people like it? And the first review was bad. I think the second review was bad. But then the third one was amazing. And then they all kind of skewed towards good in the end. But – at a certain point, I had to say, you know, I have to 
maybe be aware of the reviews, but I don't have to read them word for word. And if I take the good ones to heart, then I have to take the bad ones to heart. So the best way to go about it is to really make sure that you like the movie. Make sure it's something you're proud of, that you learned something from, that you got something out of. And then if other people connect with it, no matter how big or small that group of people might be, that's great because it might be a movie that only a small number of people were ever meant to connect with. We all don't we all don't have an ET in us. Sometimes we have something like The Witch and only you know a certain number of people are gonna love it. So I, I would just say build up a thick skin, have confidence in yourself before you even embark on this endeavor and just know that you're doing it for you. And if you do it for you, there's a good chance it'll have integrity and that will help other people to connect with it. If you don't do it for you, I think you're screwed. <laughs> Is that good for advice? I, that's perfectly good. You're echoing some of the stuff that Desoska said about, you know, follow your stupid fucking dreams. You know, you know, hey, that's the best thing to do. You know, um, you know. So uh, let's let's change subjects a little bit and go a little bit lighter because I want to okay. talk about this is Women in Horror Month, and uh, you know, and we talk about uh, the, the the blood drive and those guys and the shorts that are happening right now. Uh, and uh, Tristan Risk is often a subject on the show through American Mary, but. She also has a, a partner that we often and I wanted to talk with you about is, and because you use her in almost every movie, and that is Ellie Church, a lot, uh, I, yeah. I, who I actually think is a pretty awesome actress. And and uh, Tristan Risk and Ellie Church are often in the same movie. As a matter of fact, I think they were in one of your movies together. I think they were in Harvest Lake mm-hmm. together. Am I right about that? Right. Uh, you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, can you talk about her? Because I I love. Tristan and I will talk her up for days, but I really wanted to have someone talk about Ellie Church because I think she sometimes gets missed in some of these movies, and she is really a steady actress. Well, Tristan and Ellie, I can I can talk about both of them a lot. They're both great. <laughs> yeah, of I, course I, they I, are. I got to meet Ellie as a person before I really knew her as an actor. So I don't know. I I think I took her for granted the same way that Brian, her husband, might say that he takes – he has at times taken her for granted because you just take – to to say it again, you take for granted the fact that she's so good just because you see her all the time and and you know her already. Um, But then when she's acting in front of the camera, sometimes we're like, oh, wow, we know this person. She's like a friend of ours and she's really good. And um, she's just down to earth. There's no pretentiousness with Ellie. She's just a good person. She's so conscientious, and she worries about whether people are in a good mood. She wants to to, to help people as best as she can. Um, I don't have a bad thing to say about her, other than she's really, really hard on herself. I mean, you you'd be amazed at the preparation she does for any movie. She is recording the, the entire script on the tape and memorizing all of the lines months in advance. Like, it's just crazy kind of preparation she does. And she worries so much that she'll forget a line, but she never does. So I love Ellie, and I would cast her. She's in a stable of actors that I would always consider for parts. You know, they're, you know, for her, they're female and in the right age range, and Ellie is a candidate, you know. And for the bad man, she really went there. The bad man asked every actor that I cast in it to go above and beyond anything they've ever done before. 
and uh, it was it was they were worried going into the project that it was going to be too psychologically disturbing for them, and that maybe it wouldn't be a fun time because everybody had to be so screaming and sad and in turmoil the whole time. But we managed to have a good time while while we did all that. And Ellie's got a great attitude. Tristan has a great attitude too. She was sick for maybe a quarter of the shoot on Harvest Lake, and if there was ever a chance for the diva in her to come out, I think she had every right to let it out during those days when she wasn't feeling very well, and we were still shooting long and in the heat and everything. But she never complained once, and she gave as good a performance on her sick days as the days when she was feeling better. And um, she was down to earth and easy, and I just she was a joy to work with. I was a little nervous to work with her, to be honest, because I'd seen American Mary, and for whatever reason, I just thought maybe she was a little bit higher up than than someone we'd be able to get for one of our movies. But then she'd worked with Ellie on a couple of movies prior, and Ellie said, well, I can talk to her, and I can ask her if she's interested, and one thing led to another, and they were both there together on Harvest Lake, and it was awesome. And, uh, you know, it, it, but it's funny because you were talking about, like, taking Ellie Church for granted, and that's the difference between Trist- Tristan is just beautiful on camera. The camera just, like, sucks her up and just, like, oogles her in every shot she's in, no matter what she is. Ellie Church is one of those actresses that de- drops into her character and becomes mm-hmm. part of it and, and is part of the scene, which is another uh, equally important style of acting. And, and she goes into her character full dive, and she is that person while the camera's rolling, and maybe sometimes when the camera isn't depending on her film. Uh, so uh, it, it, it's, and so people, you know, it, good, great character actors, you don't always remember their names initially. I won't ever forget Ellie Church's name, but, you know, I watched her in Frankenstein Creative Bikers, you know, like walking on tacks with, while blood is being poured on her. And she's, go, you know, she's gone through so much in these movies. And, you know, Tristan Risk and her were in the Jessica Cameron's movie Mania, which is like the road trip lesbian twisted love story from hell. Uh, you know, they, uh, you know, I, I really love like like the whole spin that uh, these ladies are taking horror, and L.A. Church and Tristan Risk are on the edge of that as well. And you seem to be on the edge of that too, sir. Thank you for that. Uh, so, um, what do you think? Woman honor, woman horror. Yay, everyone's a woman in horror. You don't have to be a woman or into be horror to be a woman in horror. Okay, same with the sexy witches. You don't have to be a sexy witch or a witch or sexy to be a sexy witch. You just have to have confidence. So, you know, uh, you know, yeah, well, you definitely are a sexy witch. We, Our coven is open to all. Is it not sexy witches? It is. Damn straight. We, right. we have our warlocks. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I call them witches. They're everyone's witches, you know. Uh, witches and you know, we witch and we bitch. That's what we do on this show, and it's it's wonderful. And thank you for being on. Uh, so, so what you you just shot? You have about a week of Batman left, and you're doing your editing. Um, you edit most of your movies, is that right? Well, once Brian and I were working together, we had to fight over who was going to edit because Brian loves to edit too. So for a while there, we took turns, but now I'm I'm editing the bad man, and it's probably my favorite part of the whole process. So you like editing more than directing? 
directing is a necessary evil. Like, if you're going to make a movie okay. and you want it to be done the way you want it to be done, you've got to direct it. But directing is not fun. It's just not fun at all. <laughs> Editing is fun because that's when you've got your materials and it's just you and a computer and you can play with it until you like it. I, I love editing too, even though I don't edit at all for this show. Um, I love putting narrative together. Uh, I always get that little, and I think all editors do this, and you can tell me if you did, that first time you get that first really, really super rough cut of the order you have events the way they're supposed to go, that when you see it the first time, you just get this little like spark of excitement going, there it is, there's the story. And it just, yeah. I, it makes me want to, and then you go right into it. My, my, I love editing. Anyway, uh, so uh, you do a lot of, but you, you say you, you prefer editing and uh, Mad Men, you're doing both, which is a big deal. Uh, what about director photography? Because you do sometimes shoot films. Director photography is just as needed. Uh, it, it's not something I particularly love doing because quite frankly, it's the hardest job on set. Um, at least on the movies that I've done, because the director of photography is the one that has to run around the most and touch gear the most and fix things the most, change batteries, change lenses, move lights, get on the floor to get the right angle, climb a ladder to get the right angle. I mean, if you'd seen Brian Williams while we were shooting Plank Face or Harvest Lake, I mean, he's rolling around the mud, falling in a creek, hanging on the edge of a little bitty waterfall, trying to get the, the shots that we need. When if you're the director, all you have to do is tell people to do things like that. It's way easier. It's <laughs> um, true. Poor DP, you get your ass kicked, though, man. Uh, I I met BJ McDonald on a set of the FP this year, and he was director of photography, but he's also was the director of Hatchet Three. So, you know, it was kind of like a big deal for me to meet this guy. I was the only one that recognized him on set. Uh, and he's, his back is totally fucked up, and, you know, he's just like, you know, years of carrying equipment around just starting to take its toll, and it's like, oh, no, you know, it's such a hard job. It's the hardest job on, you're right, it's the hardest job on set, and, and I think it's one of the most thankless jobs sometimes. Uh, but, you know, yeah. but you still, I, I still think there's some joy in there. Uh, I love watching yeah. the fr- framing shots. I think framing shots is amazing. I love composition. So, yeah. um, uh, so uh, can you talk about? Uh, uh, well, your la- your re- most recent film just came out on VOD. That would have been Space Babes from Outer Space, which is Brian Williams directed, and you DP'd on that. Uh, I just saw that movie, sir. Um, awesome. I saw it at Days of the Dead Atlanta, um, and it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about my experience with that movie, actually. It was kind of funny. I was telling people I was going to go see the midnight screening on Friday night. I said I'm going to, I was telling a bunch of people, and everyone, all the guys I talked to had the same reaction. Oh, that movie's great. <laughs> like that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I watched it. And I'm like, oh, now I get it. You know, and it's very cute. Uh, once again, Ellie Church stars in it again, and this is completely different than the rest of it. That's why I was saving it for last. We've been talking about all these heavier films. This is not a heavy film at all. No, not at all. It's Brian's movie. That's why. 
Brian likes to make party movies and convention-friendly movies, just really fun, goofy, silly, irreverent movies. I mean, that's not the only kind of movies that he likes, but a lot, if not most of the movies that he's got in mind to make right now, I think are kind of in that vein. So that's very much Brian's thing. I could never have written that script, and I wouldn't have made a movie like that by myself. That was something I did um, with Brian, and that's the only way that I could ever have done that because it's just not in me (laughs) to do that kind of movie. (laughs) So hopefully I helped him as much as he helped me on uh, Harvest Lake and Plank Face. I know I sure tore up his equipment, though, because I'm just not as nice to the equipment as, as he is, unfortunately. But, yeah, maybe it didn't come out of you, but was it maybe a different, like, or was it refreshing to do something completely different, or was it just way oh, out God, of your yes. comfort zone? Oh, God, yes. It oh, was, God. It was refreshing. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. I'm just saying it wouldn't be here if not for Brian. <laughs> it's his movie. I can't claim ownership of it at all, at least not creatively. I helped as much as I could, and I gave him advice, and I fought him over things just like he fought me over things always to make the movie the best that it could be, though. Um, But it's totally his sensibility. And it was a different kind of movie set, obviously, because it was jokes and people were having a good time. But it was also a really hard movie to make. I think when it was over, he and I decided it was the hardest shoot, and it was definitely the hardest movie to edit. It was just, uh, for, for, for being a silly, irreverent movie, it was actually the hardest one to make of all of them. And uh, I'm not quite sure why that is, other than the cast was so much bigger. So the the set was always noisier and busier, and the days were longer. We had limitations on how much time we could be in the in the bar scene. And it was so cold. We shot that movie in January last year. And editing-wise, we had visual effects. We'd never had visual effects before on that level. So we had to, like, create mock-up shots and send them to our effects guy and then the final effect shots were like literally being stuck into the movie like two days before the premiere. And music, there's songs all over the movie. The scoring was done by Brian for the most part, and that was another component that, I don't know, it was just a hard one. But uh, it was rewarding and definitely the most fun to watch in the crowd. It's always good when people laugh. That's always a good thing, especially now more than ever. Yeah, well, comedy is kind of a hard thing to pull off in and of itself. Oh yeah, it is. It, it oh, also yeah. has the best poster of of the last year or so. I love the the space babes from outer space poster is 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 so good that I bought the t shirt. <laughs> so awesome. I, I bought two I bought two t shirts this over because um, I was at, as Aaron Marie knows I had no shirts. I traveled on Spirit Air and only could put pants in my in my bag, so I had to buy shirts while I was there. <laughs> And one of the shirts was Space Babes from Outer Space. So, uh, so I wear Ellie Church with pride now. Uh, so um, do you have anything else besides bad men? Are you looking into the longer future? Do you have a long ball that you're throwing right now? Or are you going to just deep dive into the bad men and that's going to be your life for the next six months? Oh, that's definitely my life for at least the next six months and probably longer. I just, um, I've been a full-time filmmaker the last three years, but I just went back to a full-time day job. So I'm going to be slowing down now. And I'm thinking maybe a movie every, every, what is it, a year and a half to two years instead of trying to do two a year. 
because I just I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. And as far as the Batman, after the Batman, I don't have anything hard set, but there are just rumblings of a sequel to another movie, but just rumblings, nothing firm yet. Woohoo! Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed for you on on that long fall. Uh, something I always like to ask my guests, and it's a completely frivolous question, but if we, if you were to turn on the television right now or go to the movies, what would you be watching? Well, I'm going to watch Roseanne after this. I've been going through all of Roseanne because I never really watched that show when it was originally airing on television. And um, I just started watching it. And I really like the first four seasons. I'm on season five now. So I'm just going to keep watching it because it hasn't started sucking yet. No, actually, Roseanne's pretty good. It doesn't really start sucking until like the last season. Yeah, I hear that one's weird, but I'm still going to stick it through probably and get and, to the end. And it's not bad. It's just very dark. That's all. Yeah. And tomorrow I hope to see Black Panther. I haven't seen it yet, but I've set aside tomorrow night for that maybe. Cool. Has you will not be disappointed. I oh. have, and you won't be disappointed. It's amazing. <laughs> cool. I'm considering going to see it again. It's that good. Awesome. Cool. So, um, but I'm and, the resident uh, Marvel geek, so. <laughs> and uh, what's, let me ask you one more frivolous question. What I love is frivolous. your best picture? Uh, what is your best picture pick for the Oscars? You know, I can narrow it down to two because I, I saw three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Call Me by Your Name, and I really like both of those. So if either one of those won, I'd be pretty happy for those filmmakers. And I couldn't tell you which one I really prefer. Um, Yeah, that's a toss-up. I really liked both of them a lot. Cool. Three billboards is excellent. Uh, I'm still rooting for. I think I actually think it's going to go to Shape of Water. I think that's what's going to win. I but I'm not. It's not my favorite film of the year. Uh, but yay! Uh, all of it. There's you know. There's, think of it this year. I've actually was rather excited. I looked at the top ten list again and seen what nine films are best picture, and most of them are really good films. It's a nice yeah. solid collection of movies, and that's pretty cool. The only movie that seems to be really true Oscar bait on that list is The Darkest Hour. And you know yeah. what? Gary Oldman getting an Oscar. Just Who's give it really going to be upset with that? You know, it's freaking Gary Oldman, you know? I, I would say what is the reason to give him an Oscar. Huh, I, would so. say that, <laughs> I would say Dunkirk is the Oscar bait because war movies. <laughs> war movies and the Oscars. Yeah, but, but, it, but it's Christopher Nolan, which is like, you know, ultimate Oscar bait. You know, but at the same time, it's Christopher Nolan, the macho Christopher Nolan. I mean, he's, I've been loving his movies forever, you know. <laughs> he makes really good fucking movies. Uh, you know, uh, I know the Seska's... The only one to do Batman, him, right? But, uh, well, <laughs> well, yes, well, one Batman movie, right? I don't think he did two. But that's another story. We have digressed. So, Scott, do you have any public appearances that you should, we should know about? Where can they see you in the future, or are you going to be on another podcast? Where, where can they find you on the interwebs? 
oh gosh, I don't have anything planned. Um, but you can always, I've just updated scottshermer.com and I'm probably going to put most of the new information on that website moving forward. Um, all the new stuff about the Batman will be on that website. So check out scottshermer.com and look for the Batman movie on Facebook. And there'll be a lot of updates there here shortly as well. So the Batman's is the thing I'm pushing right now. It's a passion project. I haven't loved a project this much since found. So I'm hoping if you've been a fan that this one will, will really deliver the goods. So look for news. Look for news on that one because the pre-order campaign could just be a couple of weeks away. I haven't yet decided, but it's coming soon. Well, let us know. And, of course, I will share it on the Sexy Witches page when, when it gets to that point. Um, and uh, uh, I will hope that you will give us an update while you're in production or getting close to the end of it to say, hey, we're almost done. We're about to go on the festival circuit. We'd love to hear how you're doing. Awesome. Will do. <laughs> yeah. So um, anything, does my sexy witches have any follow-up questions before I let the young gentleman go? I have kind of a technical question here. Um, <laughs> you, you edited Space Babes, correct? The Brian and I both did. We, we kind of shared that one. Okay, throughout the process of that, how is the approach different to timing a scare and timing a laugh? Is it similar, or are they two completely different arts? Um, I don't know. I, can't, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of people would say they're similar because kind of, the timing is really crucial on both, but I, I kind of approach I kind of approach every single edit in every movie <laughs> as really really crucial and I swear I experiment with putting that cut on every possible frame before I leave it alone. I am just one of the most anal and meticulous editors ever. That's why I take so long. So I would say every cut is equally you know ecclesiastic and important. But comedy is hard. You can change. You can make a moment funny by just cutting to someone's reaction. I mean, reactions are usually what people are, are responding to in some funny, in a lot of funny moments more than the punchline itself. So someone can tell a joke, but if you keep the camera on that person, you might not get a laugh. But if you cut to someone else making a reaction to it, it gives the audience permission to do the same. It gives the audience permission to react. So it's fascinating. Editing is something I wish more people really understood and got a real appreciation for because it really does make the movie. Really, really does. All, right. All the power is in editing. So what was your favorite edited film of 2017? doesn't have to be the Oscar well, nod. I, that I couldn't tell you. That I really couldn't tell you. Because when I watch movies, I'm just like most people. I don't pay attention to the to the editing and the music. As, well, I do, but I, I don't notice it all that much, really. It, it, so I'd have to watch it, it several it, times, probably. I can understand that, too. I try to let the first one just be a film screening, you know, let it wash over me, and then find it. Because I don't like to look for Easter eggs until I know the story, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Sarah, for being on the show. I'm going to let you go and get your get your bad men on and good luck and break a leg and all that jazz on that. We were all, we're going to root you on. Uh, and, 
Thank you for being on the show. Please call back anytime. Oh, thanks for having me on. I love podcasting and talking to people. It gets lonely down here in this basement. So it was good to talk with all of you. Oh. I hope to see you at uh, We're on stuff. live twice twice a month. You can call in anytime if you're just, like, bored. Hey, sexy witches, what are you talking about? We're like, well, we're doing musicals this week. You can join us on that conversation. We don't care. We'll talk. We talk about anything. All right. I'll look you so, up. All right. Much love. All right. And um, you're going to have to hang up yourself because this blog talk thing, I don't trust it. So I <laughs> the worst. Thank you. It's peace. Good night. Nighty. All right. Good night. Everyone say good night, sexy witches. Good night. Later, Scott. Good night. All right. That was Scott Shermer and Scott Shermer, director of sound and uh, Plank Face, Harvest Lake, editor of Space Babes from Outer Space with Brian K. Williams. And uh, now he's on the new movie, The Badman. I think we'll all have that on our radar. I believe so, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely on that. Um, before we get into more stuff, it's uh, we're now past in the 10 o'clock hour. Is there anything else? like news stuff that we should talk about before we move on to the community calendar tonight. <laughs> we have any- I started, I started watching a couple of new shows on um, Netflix and I almost killed Mindhunter in uh, a night. I, I think I've got half an episode left. It was so good. Um, I started Altered Carbon as well, which looks phenomenal. But I've I've been testing out a, a lot of new shows, so you should always check them out if I'm mentioning them because they're worth mentioning. <laughs> well, I'll mention that I'm, I'm about halfway through the first season of Happy, and yeah, it's how amazing. is that? It is everyone's amazing. liking it. Yeah, I love it, and. It's funny because I usually I cannot remember the name of the director. It's the guy that did Crank. There's two brothers. It's one of them. Yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and I, I usually really dislike what they. I really I don't like their work because I don't like that shaky cam ultra fast editing thing. That just that isn't my deal. But it, he kind of pulled back on this one, and he has like the cool angles that they always use in those movies, but without all the shaky cam and the, you know, ultra-fast editing. So it's a really cool shooting style. I love the way they did it. And, of course, I can never remember the actor's name. He's just stabler to me. But he's excellent in that movie, in that show. And, you know, Patton Oswalt's awesome as the voice. And, like, overall, it's just an outstanding show. So I recommend everyone check that one out. Well, and it's been renewed for another season officially. Yes. So, uh, so apparently, it's actually uh, very popular. So, I actually, it's definitely on my radar to watch. There's that film. There's a te- that show, and then there's the one about the two women from the 18th century. I and, and the chick from Garfunkel and Oates is in it, and I I need to watch that show. I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's raunchy and awesome. Anyway, I'll have to look it up now that I'm think digressing, but they're both. Anyway, Nathan, so you got that going down. Queenie, do you have, what about you? Are you watching anything? Um, I haven't really had a chance to other than YouTube videos. I've been trying to, like, uh, support some people that I met through the crawl. So I've just been going around liking people's videos, you know, 
Well, um, you well, tell me about that stinger video you did, or was it no a tag video? Explain to me exactly what a tag video is. I watched it, and you answered a bunch of questions, and it was from uh, Maiden. Maiden, go you explain it. Nightmare Maven. <laughs> Nightmare Maven. Yeah. Yeah, she did like yeah, a woman Nightmare. in horror tag. Well, tag videos in you in the YouTube world are just a bunch of like videos that you can kind of connect to other people with because you can call them out or. You know, you can do their tags or whatever, but, like, it's just a bunch of questions, you know. Sometimes they have a theme, you know. The Women Horror Month one had a theme, you know. So, <coughs> so, uh, so, so now that theme gets passed on to somebody else? Yep. So exactly. who did you pass it on to? Um, I didn't really call anyone out in mine because you don't have to, but I, I, I think I did okay. talk about a few YouTubers though. So like I did talk about Nightmare Maven and she appreciated that. So, Well, that's cool. I mean, it sounds pretty awesome. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and this, I'll try to get it in this weekend, but there's a lot of things okay. going on this weekend. We're going to talk about it again yeah. too, when we get back to it. Uh, but um, I think it's called Another Period is the show I'm talking about. Have you heard about this show? That was the one I was looking up. It's Comedy Central. It's called Another Period, and it's like a period piece, but it's like women. Anyway, you guys should all watch it, all right? Just watch it. Okay. I can't even explain it. It's right up my alley. Right. Comedy, raunchy women, sex, drugs, and period costuming. Totally love it. So I think I'd like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's totally up my alley. It's up here. So anyway, so now that we've gotten that out of our system, and I, I like almost completely blew my. Own, I did want to bring up a couple of things. First of all, um, we've got the secondary podcast now, Repo Nerds, uh, and uh, get this, Nathan, you're gonna be mad at me. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 So so far, Repo Nerds, we covered. I made Tommy watch the Fulci trilogy. Uh, because he had never, he's really bad at Italian horror. That was how we opened the show. He made me watch right. Battlestar Galactica, the re, the remake, right, the update in the 2000s. And then I countered him with Firefly because he hadn't seen Firefly because you can't really watch one of those shows without the other. So I pulled this card this time, and it turns out that the movie I picked, we both <laughs> haven't seen. Which so, is? What is it? Rock and Roll High School. Really? Are you shitting me? You haven't seen Rock and Roll High School? I've never seen it. I've seen, I've seen moments. I have never seen it from beginning to end. Wow. Yeah, you need to remedy that. That's why this. That's why I created Repo Nerds. You know, to you know fill those holes. You know, James Harris would be very proud of me, actually. Uh, So. So our next episode, we're not, we haven't picked a date yet. We'll be it'll be after the Oscars episode though, because that's coming up, and I need to cram for the Oscars. Uh, but um, it'll be uh, Rock and Roll High School, and neither one of us have seen it. He's a musician, and he hasn't seen Rock and Roll High School. Um, I'm a Ramones oh. fan. I've seen Ramones in concert. I've never seen Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> that hurts my soul. <laughs> I told you you'd be mad at me. Told you, told uh, you, told you. I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. 
Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm disappointed. It's on my shame list for a reason. I have the shame list, and it's on my shame list. So I and I, I'm knocking things off the shame list. That's what I'm doing. So I and that one I think is important because he should see it as a musician, and I should see it because it's fucking the Ramones and PJ Souls. What is there not to like about that? Uh, you know, so anyway. I love PJ Souls. I don't know why I've never seen Rock and Roll High School. It's not like I shouldn't have seen it. I mean, really. Anyway, okay. So we'll move on to my own, uh, to one transgression to one thing I've done that's in a positive direction. Did you see how I did that, guys? <laughs> anyway, um, madness news. I actually have some madness news. You want to hear it? Yes. We're down. Shoot. We're down to... We had a short list of four of four themes, and we're down to two. So, uh, and, and it's and they're both fun themes. Uh, and just when I was leaning towards one, a movie comes out recently that would lean it towards the other theme, and it's so good that I might actually go to the B choice instead of the A choice, and it was moving. I had, and I want to recommend this film to all of you guys, called The Ritual. It's on Netflix Instant, and it's a British film, and it's, and it's about these guys that go on a hike in Sweden uh, after the death of their friend, and they take a shortcut, idiot. Okay? That's all I have to say. <laughs> but it's cool. That's a David Rutner flick, right? Uh, yes, that's correct. That is correct. Interesting, interesting so, trivia. David Bruckner and I went to the same high school. Really? That's cool. Yeah, he 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 was a senior when I was a freshman, so we never really met. But I've talked to him online a few times, and we kind of bonded over the fact that we both went to South Carolina High School. Well, it's cool. Uh, his movie is super pagan. Oh my God, Queenie, super pagan. Super pagan movie. It's on my super, list. Super, super. Definitely on oh, my list. Oh, you, you, you definitely want to watch this film, Queenie. You're going to be very happy. It's satisfying on a pagan <laughs> level. It's satisfying on a monster level. It's satisfying in a Lost in the Fucking Woods level. It's satisfying in those. Mm. And the acting is good, which is nice because sometimes That's very acting nice. in these movies is very, very stiff. No, acting's very good in these movies. Um, I, 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 everyone was saying it's the first good horror film of the year, and I think it is the January gem. You know, I always say I find one film in January that usually is pretty fucking awesome. Last year it was The Girl with All the Gifts. Uh, this year we have The Ritual. Hey. So <laughs> I recommend that on Netflix. So uh, I will definitely so, review it. And yes, and the ritual would be related to one of the themes of two. Aaron Marie probably knows which two themes probably made the cut. I, I actually did clue in Aaron Marie on my themes this year, cause, but uh, that's because I need someone to talk to. <laughs> I told you which one I wanted, and now I can't remember what any of them are, so you're safe. <laughs> no, but don't worry about that. Well, we, we don't talk about that stuff on air. That's a completely off air. We don't even talk social network on that. We actually talk in person. Oh no! So that's, 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 that's so there's no there's no record because um, she is not the no, person no who's transcript. supposed to help me. My my judge Raven, 
from last year who won had the team that had the top team uh she's made her choice so uh uh, it's pretty cool. So we're we're to that point, and I will be making an early Madness announcement. It's not going to be in May this year. It's going to be the last week. It's going to be the second to last week in April. So one of our April shows is going to be the Madness episode. So I haven't arranged all of it yet, but it's coming. Madness is coming. So uh, last but not least, I saw Early Man in the theaters. Uh, which was the Ardman Entertainment movie. You guys know this movie. This is the one about the the Bronze Age guys taking the uh, Stone Age guys valley, and then they play soccer. You haven't seen the ads for this movie? You know, Ardman Entertainment did Wallace no. and Robert and all those films. Really? Nobody's heard of this movie? Sorry. I was like, so, Sorry, what is it called? What is it called? <laughs> It's called Early Man. It's Ardman Entertainment who did Wallace and Gromit and uh, Shot of Sheep and all those mo- those TV things, little claymation, creature comforts, and all that shit. Though you don't remember any of that, do you? Oh my god! Well, I don't like those old. movies. <laughs> well, uh, no, so I just I don't like claymation. It. I'm not a fan of it. See, I love stop animation. And this was actually, Armin Entertainment's usually one of the better ones. So, but storyline was this, but it actually looked really cool. I took my daughter and Paul. We all went together. It was a big happy family. Uh, well, everyone was going to Black Panther and across the road, we went and saw Early Man, which came out the same weekend because we're dorks. <laughs> we go see the stop animation movie nobody else wants to see. Uh, and la- speaking of everyone went to the Black Panther movie, and this is my last news news, boy, did everyone go see the Black Panther. Uh, totals are, you guys ready to go? Drum roll, please. Yes. All right, $235 million domestic, $404 million worldwide. First weekend. So, first weekend. That's Granted, there beautiful. was an extra day, an extra day in there, but still, that's better numbers than Star Wars, and we kind of knew that strange. when it was when the pre-sales was outpacing Star Wars. Yeah. Well, the pre-sales were the the biggest pre-sales in history. Mm -hmm. And that was like a month before the damn thing came out. (laughs) And there's a reason why. It is really good. And people weren't just going to see this movie. People were dressing up to the nines to go see this movie. There are pictures of people all over the world dressing in their Sunday best or their best Afrocentric costumes and all going to see the fucking movie all over the world. And it was beautiful to see. So many people were so into it. Um, <laughs> and then Aaron Marie, might, we might lose you. Keep talking until you die, girl. Her battery is low. <laughs> I will. Um, but, <laughs> but, but uh the but Black Panther, four hundred and four million dollars worldwide. And I just thought it was neat, like like there's gonna be an instant fandom to that movie in particular, uh, for a long time. And and it's so neat to see event films like that where everyone goes to see it. I usually wait because I'm not a Marvel fan compared to Erin Marie, who is the Marvel fan. She goes to see those films for us. 
<laughs> but I will go see it in the theaters probably. I still need to see Thor Ragnarok. I still haven't seen that. You know, it is one of my favorite directors. So <laughs> I don't know. I gotta catch up. Hey, you've got so, that three dollar. Right. You've got that three dollar theater, right? Hopefully, it's still playing because you really need to see it on the big screen. That's something. Thor Ragnarok just left the see- <sighs> the, the, the three dollar theater. Oh. Oh, that's so, no, it messed. It I wouldn't saw already. it at the three dollar theater a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Even Nathan, the horror geek, has seen fucking Thor Ragnarok. Thor. I mean, everyone's seen it but me. <laughs> okay. Come on, you're I'll the Viking on. goddess. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm the one that named my cat after a bloodthirsty Viking tyrant. I mean, come on, you know. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, I, I digress. So, anyway, those are all the fun things we got to talk about, but wait, there's more. Now, Nathan, I'm going to do a, a, a community calendar in here. Um, do you want to stay on and learn about all the wonderful things that none of us have money or time to go do? <laughs> I am actually going to bail out, but first I want to say just a couple things that I have coming up. Uh, Days of Absolutely. Dead Charlotte, of course, is coming up May 18th through 20th. We will have a full blue track uh, thing for there, but I'm going to give a little exclusive here. I've not announced anything publicly yet, so I'm going to get the first announcement uh, right here Woo! on the show. One of our one of our coolest events that got that everyone had a blast at was the Sin and Salvation show on Friday night. What that was, it was a Graveyard Gospel. It was a great local band doing a show interspersed with burlesque performers. And it was kind of a combination concert burlesque show. It was everyone had a blast. And I'm bringing it to Charlotte. Graveyard Gospel is going to be coming up. We're going to be using some of Charlotte's local burlesque talent, and it's going to be awesome. So that is going to be our kickoff on Friday night, and that's the first official announcement for Days of the Dead Charlotte. Woohoo! Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. We love you guys at Davis of Dead. Thank you again, Nathan, and of course, Adolfo, for being open to and uh, to us low-level podcasters. He's been, you know, he opened the door, and here we are. So I'm, I'm glad I can help somewhat. So, <laughs> you know, uh, so thank you. Absolutely. Anything thank else you. we should know about? Uh, yeah, here in the Atlanta area this Friday, I'm going to be emceeing a tribute to Dimebag Daryl, of course, the uh, guitar player from Pantera that we lost. We're doing a tribute show to him. We have the fucking Pantera cover band playing. We're going to have a guitar solo contest for some great prizes, so I'm emceeing that on Friday night at the Masquerade in Atlanta. Tickets are $10. Um, go check out uh, masquerade.com for the tickets for that. And go check out Caught Dead Watching on Facebook. Also check out the Blue Track page and the Summit Celluloid page. All three of those are the things I do, so go check it out, and thanks for having me. Always, Nathan. And we'll have you on either before or right after Days of the Dead Charlotte to talk about that event because it's a brand new show. It's a whole new game out there. Absolutely. It's our first time in Charlotte, and uh, we're going to take it by storm. All righty. So you have a good one. Take it easy. We And you're going to have to hang yourself up. And much love to you, Nathan. All right, much love to you. Take it easy. All the sexy witches on the uh, line right now and all the ones listening out there in podcast land, love you all. Support oh, yeah. Love you too, bro. Love you. Good night. Oh, and that was Nathan Hamilton, the son of Celluloid. Glad to sound that he's back online and doing what he loves to do, writing and video blogging. And, you know, he goes away, but he can't stay away forever. Once you're one of us, 
Google gobble, you are one of us. Is that not true? Correct. No. Google goggle. One of us, one of us. So we accept you. We accept you. (laughs) Podcasting, it's in our blood. We get addicted to it. So uh, it is now 1030. Here we go, motherfuckers. Because this first one is Aaron Ray. Aaron Ray, we're not going in yeah. there. But no. large bag of community calendar shit I've got down here. The first one of 2018 at the very top is Mysticon 2018 in Roanoke, Virginia. Do you know anything about that show? I do. I know that uh, Amber Benson was supposed to be there, and she had to back out due to filming so that they replaced her with another another Buffy actress who is Glory in the fifth season. That would be Claire the Big Kramer. Yep. She also, and this I is actually Glory. awesome. Glory was cool. I liked Glory a lot. Glory was, awesome. was excellent. It. Yeah, she was she was a totally narcissistic goddess. I I was really surprised because geeknation.com, she founded that shit. And 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 I was like, wow, Geek Nation is awesome. So, you know, she she's so she's a geek icon above and below the line. We love her to death. So Claire Kramer, she's headlining Mysticon uh, with our boy, Jill R. Lansdale. This is his third year in a row. Horror author extraordinaire. You can also see him at Scares That Cares often. And then my favorite headliner from uh, Mysticon this year is Zach Kalisian, or Callison. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name, but he is the kid that plays Steven Universe on Steven Universe, and he's going to be there, too. And that's awesome. And so there's actually quite a few. It's a very odd, small, eclectic, cool group of people, but that's actually what Mysticon is. I've always kind of liked it. Uh, wasn't able to uh, get passes this year, but that's fine. Uh, we support Mysticon because they are small and wonderful. Anyways, um, and also Christopher Moore, who's been on the show before, is showing his new film, Gut Punched, at Mysticon this year. So, Please go support the horror authors and weirdos like ourselves at Mysticon in Roanoke, Virginia. Do you have anything else you want to say about it, Erin uh, Marie, uh, before you go? About you can in general because you've been there a few times. Last year they had an absolutely phenomenal setup. It's an, it was an entire game room that was filled with televisions and every gaming system that's ever been. And it was just so much fun to go around the room for hours and play different games that I remembered from my childhood. I spent oh, uh, right. too much time on Donkey Kong Jr. <laughs> I remember you saying that, that you spent, <laughs> you spent a shit ton of time playing games at the Mysticon last year. So go see their gaming room if they have it, because it sounds like it's pretty awesome. So Mysticon is once again in Roanoke, Virginia, and, uh, you know, it's usually a a uh, pre-register, so it's probably sold out. But if there's still, you know, tickets available, you could probably find out from their event page. Uh, Moving on to another film festival, one that is very unusual, 
It's here in D.C., because sometimes D.C., we have film festivals. We have quite a few film festivals, but they're always kind of weird. Uh, we like we have our shorts, and we have our Silver Docs, which is just documentaries. We have the Environmental Film Festival. And now we also have, through the Smithsonian, the Mother Tongue Film Festival. What the heck is a Mother Tongue Film Festival? I'll tell you what that is. That's the uh, Recovering Voices Initiative with the Museum of the American Indian and the Center for Folk Life and Cultural Heritage will present films from across the globe on occasion of its third annual Mother Tongue Film Festival. This is a four-day film festival, and it will open with the United Nations Mother Language Day, Wednesday, February 21st. Okay, so that's tomorrow. The program will create a variety of styles from drama to experimental to bring the light of value of language use and revitalization in today's increasing globalized world. Now, what does that mean? Well, keeping and preserving languages is very important to culture, and that's what this uh, Recovering Voices initiative is, and it's actually writing books in Native American tongues. There's the translation of Star Wars and Navajo, uh, you know, it, there's all sorts of things happening like this. It's, and so this is a film festival that's supposed to be honoring, preserving uh, mother languages. So uh, go go to D.C. and go see some cool movies. Uh, sounds really awesome. Uh, the Smithsonian sometimes knocks it out of the park when it comes to their film festivals. A little bit unsung because, you know, it's us hoity-toity D.C. geeks. But, you know, we got some good, though. We got movies here. We got movies here. Anyway. Moving on to something more fun, and even though this isn't in Seattle, Queenie, this is in Los Angeles, so it's at least on your side of the world. You know, sometimes being on uh, this side of the world, the algorithm only shows me the East Coast stuff, and I try to encourage some of the West Coasty stuff there, too. Um, I appreciate but, uh, that. Yeah, so, you know... Make sure you like. Make sure you add West Coasty stuff to the page because I want to make sure I honor that more. But this one makes me happy uh, because one of my favorite theaters in the LA area, and, and it's close, really close to Hollywood, is called the Vista Theater. I saw uh, Jurassic Park there uh, first run, and it was the first time I heard digital sound in the theater. It's this wonderful old movie palace. It's quite wonderful. Um, they're having a special anniversary screening of Who Framed Roger Rabbit on the 23rd and a special oh, nice. 35 millimeter print there. So a wonderful, beautiful theater to go see a really classic movie. And that's the Vista Theater in Los Angeles. I highly recommend going there. It's not too far from anything. Uh, and it's, it's a wonderful theater. It's so awesome. Uh, so that's in L.A., and you can go to the event page for that. Um, a little closer, oh, let's, if you're in the flyover states, coming back this way, you can take a pit stop in Milwaukee. And in Milwaukee, they have the Milwaukee Comic Con, and it's starting off uh, with their biggest show. They closed down the Wisconsin State Fairgrounds for this, all right? So it's a huge thing. And uh, it's like 300 tables of geeky goodness. Kids are free. You can, so there's not much happening in Milwaukee, but they got themselves a Comic-Con. So go there and have some fun. And that's on 224. And then you can keep going. Now we're on the East Coast, and I want to talk about my boys up in Bridgeport, Connecticut. They're, they are the Vinegar Syndrome. I'm sure you guys know about these guys. We've talked about them a few times. They have a, a retail shop called The Archives. 
uh, they've opened recently, which has got two floors. One is where they uh, sell vintage uh, art, like CDs and records, and they also have like movies, like all sorts of movies. Oh my God, you know, like Shout Factory, all the boutique labels you can possibly think of. Uh, I've been thinking about going up there and having a look at this store. Um, <laughs> but they actually are having a benefit for a local station, the WCKN. It's a. What? Sorry, my daughter just scared okay. the shit out of me. Uh, I was wondering what happened. I was like, did we? Did, did someone murder Erin Marie? No, I told no, you I was lie. in the car. So <laughs> I told you I was in the car. So she just was standing by the window, and I turned around, and there's somebody standing there. So <laughs> now you know what my horror movie reaction is. All right. So, all right. Well, now we know. Okay. So. Oh, my God. So now I have to go back. So once again, we're, they're having a benefit screening. They're showing three movies. I think they're like one of my, I think, is Dolomite. Um, <laughs> so, and it'll be up upstairs, which they're trying to turn into a live space for bands as well. So, you know, so, so if you have a reason to go see this new store, you know, you're near Bridgeport. There you go. So that's up there. Um, so that's on my list. Um, of course, to get a little closer to where I live, and now we're in Philly. Dude, I will tell you, Philly is dropping the special screenings like uh, anvils on animated heads. I mean, there is just hell of screenings. And uh, three of them are happening, like, really close to each other. Um, the South Street Cinema in Philly uh, is having two films that are sponsored by my boy uh, Alex Gardner up in the Philadelphia Unnamed Film Festival. They're hosting uh, House 2 on the 24th for their Scary Saturday Night series. And it's like five bucks doors at seven. Um, they're also hosting, and this, this, even though it's in March, it's still appropriate for Women in Horror Month, they're also going to host a screening of Blood Diner on March 3rd same play location so uh blood <laughs> blood tighter was directed by a woman a lot of people don't know that it's one of the weirdest stupidest movies ever have you any of you ever seen it i know that nathan had but Queen, have you it? ever seen blood diner blood diner yes i don't yes. think so. isn't that 87 yep 87 is one it's one of the 87 movies yeah um 87 was a great fucking year for movies. I highly, highly recommend Blood Diner, Queenie. You would really enjoy it. Cool. It's I'll, I'll check it out. It, yeah, check they, it. there was a really nice release of it by uh, Vestron Video. Uh, you know, they released two videos in their label recently, and they started with two. And I, this is how you knew they were going out, coming out, guns and blazing. Their first two releases were Chopping Mall and Blood Diner. So, I mean, whoa. Excellent. You know, it's like choice, choice 80s buffet. So you have to see Blood Diner. It's awesome. And then Mondo Cinema is also going to get this, do a screening at South Street Cinema in Philly on the 30, on the, on March 1st. And they're doing Roddy Piper's Hell Comes to Frogtown. So you've got yourself some really cheeseball, awesome movies in Philly to watch I love over the next Hell Comes month. to Frogtown. I love that movie. It's so dumb. Uh, tell, tell us about it, Queenie, please. Tell people about Hell Comes to Frogtown. It has Roddy Roddy Piper in it. What more do you need to know? Well, that's <laughs> oh, and true. Crazy Frogby. 
<laughs> and like he has to wear a chastity belt thing, like because <laughs> he's one of the rare males that can still populate the earth. So yeah, it's a crazy well, of movie. Of course he is. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Oh, okay, so I highly recommend it. It's like, do you notice that 224 this weekend? There's so much shit happening. And there's yet one more thing. Well, two more things, but one more thing for sure. Uh, uh, Brooklyn, New York, at the Videology Bar and Cinema, they're having – I chose this because I just like, aw, it sounds like so much fun. They're doing a little shop of horrors sing-along for the movie with Rick Moranis in it. Uh, I I would be down for that. I would totally go. I would totally be into it. Which reminds me, if anybody's listening still – on the tw- uh, next month, not the uh, I think the second um, episode in, in March, we are doing musicals. We're going to do it as a Yay. sexy with round robin, uh, and our guest host will be Emily uh, Trevia of the Feminine Critique, who's a, she lives in New York and is a huge musical fan. So we're going to throw it down, and I think between all of us sexy witches, we're going to have a very different list of movies. Very collective. will have have one list. I know Aaron Marie's list is going to be kind of interesting. My list, I don't even want to know. I like, I've never actually sat down and tried to make my favorite musical list ever. Uh, it's going to be I hard. Sure, so hard. Well, I know, I know that the music man is in there somewhere. I always knew that was in there, but that's what a sentimental favorite. That's a family film. That is one of those films that every person in my family could agree on. You know, like if we were fighting about a movie, like all all right, well, watch the music. <laughs> that was the movie we could all agree on. Uh, so you know, but I have never actually really figured out. I mean, does Repo go in there? Does Camelot go in there? But the movie Camelot isn't very good. But the musical with Richard Harris that was on HBO was phenomenal. Sweeney Todd was amazing. But does the movie really count in my top five compared to the Angela Lansbury version? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. What am I going to do? Bring I know. How do, you choose? how do you choose? <laughs> how do you choose? Uh, you know, do we allow concerts, videos? Do those count as musicals? I was thinking. No, I wouldn't count them. I, I would want to do concert movies in its own because, like, you know, a separate some category, really yeah. Concert, yeah, separate category. Uh, you know, I would put those aside for a different episode because there is a lot of good concert movies that, and, and I also was really not movies with with really rock and soundtracks, but they're not really musicals. Like, the harder they come, for example, with Jimmy uh, Jimmy Cliff. Uh, it's not a musical, even though it's filled with music. You know what I'm saying? Like, filled. Like, it's got one of the best soundtracks of all time. However, I would count The Wicker Man as a musical. Really? Yeah. Queenie, what do you think? There's I would count Earth Girls Are numbers. Easy as a musical. The Wicker Man? The Earth Girls Are... The Wicker Man That'd has be funny. actual musical numbers... It does Would there be a scene with a bear? <laughs> is there a song there to go is. to the scene with the bear? Well, there's the, there's the scene with Nicole the boys. Nicholas Cage punches the bear? The maypole. <laughs> you know, it was a tree. It was a whatever. It was a tree. And it was a tree. You know what song? You know what song I'm talking about? <laughs> it was a tree. It actually, 
they they sing the song in the bar about the naked chick, and then she tries to have sex with him, and then he doesn't have sex with her. And if he had sex with her, he would die. <laughs> That's like you know, you know, that was like the whole point, right? You know, if you have sex with Brit Eklund, you get to live. And he didn't, and he dies. So, you know, I I digress. But anyway, that's a musical. But anyway, so uh, I have a lot more to talk about. But Little Shop of Horrors is actually one of my favorites. I absolutely adore Little Shop of Horrors. I think that the musical is awesome, and I think the adaptation of the musical, the movie musical, is awesome. It's like one of those perfect casts. Like, all the way across, even to the cameos. Like, Christopher Guest's cameo is so quick, but so awesome. And, you know, Bill Murray. so much going on. Bill Murray, and, you know, and then Steve Martin gets to play the dentist and just chew the scenery up with it. You know, and, and of course, the puppet is Jim Henson. So, you know, you've got a classic Muppet puppet doing uh, Audrey. It, it, you know, and she's really, he's brilliant, you know, the whole thing. Even the song. Even the song that they added for the movie is good. And they it, it was nominated for an Oscar. I wanted it to win Best Song, and I knew it wouldn't, but I wanted it to. <laughs> so, you know, they gave it to, I think it was Take My Breath Away from Top Gun. Is that the same year, Erin? It might uh, be the same year. Pretty sure. Because I also, it was up like 85, 86. And, you know, and then Princess Bride was up. I'd have to look it up. Well, it was like one of the Karate Kid movies might have been up for it, too. I'll have to look it up and see. I always miss those two years together. Um, anyway, so uh, let's move it on. Moving on. Queenie, back to you. It's still the 24th. Okay. This is our last entry. February 24th. Mm-hmm. So what time? If they, if they don't have anything else to do and they can't get to any of these other things, where can they find you on the interwebs? I will be streaming on February 24th at 4 p.m. PST. So put on your calendar and, <laughs> if you yep, want to hang out and with once the again, we horror will, nerd. We will post it on the Sexy Witches page as an event. And uh, yep. we'll tag the event onto the events calendar. I will also add it to my own personal calendar. Um, so we have an events calendar on our page. You can read all our favorite events. Uh, oh, we're about to lose Erin Marie. Uh, and, uh, but I have an even bigger one on my personal profile. It's all sorts of stuff. If you're bored, go to the web and know something to do. I promise you. I found it. I posted it there. So, And... Um, and if you really want to, like, stay home after the streaming, uh, Queenie's streaming, I would highly recommend going on to Stars the next day on the 25th because Ash versus Evil Dead drops season three. And we're so excited to have Bruce Campbell back in our lives. Hooray, hooray. So that's on the Stars Network. Please don't steal it all the time. Just some of it. You know, uh, one, before oh, I lose battery. Before I lose battery, I have 1% left. I did want to mention that next weekend is the weekend that Dark Crystal is re-released in theaters. So if you want to see. That was my. Yeah. Because now I'm going. Power's back. (laughs) That that was my next entry, actually, Erin. Believe it or not. That was the next thing on my list. So Erin Marie, bye-bye, Erin. Her power killed her. But that was exactly right. If you've never seen the Dark Crystal in the theaters, uh, I highly recommend it. It's going to have a limited re-release. Uh, Queenie, have you ever seen Dark uh, Crystal? I assume you have. 
Oh, hell yes. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. Have, have you ever seen it on like the big screen? like my spirit animal. <laughs> yeah. You know, little fuzzy have guy, Fizzgit? All... Like oh, Fizzgig, he's so cute. I love Yeah, Fizzgig. he's my spirit he's like, animal. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's so sweet, but then he's vicious at the same time, and he has all these teeth. Yeah. He's so cute. Um, have you seen it on the big screen, though? No, I have not. Um, I highly recommend. I was very, very lucky because I saw it first run on the big screen. And it's just one of those films that was mind-blowing to see on the big screen. And now you have, people have a chance to do that again. So if you That's have someone awesome. that can take you, take it. So there, there's a screening on the 25th. There's a screening on the 28th. March 3rd and March 6th. So there's four screenings of the Dark Crystal um, Fathering events. So definitely check That's out cool. the Dark Crystal screening. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited. I think I'm going to take my daughter, even though she's seen it before, I think I'm going to still take my daughter to go see it because it's just one of those films that really needs to be seen on the big screen. Jim Henson's yeah. best work by far. Uh, Brian Froud, who was the designer of the creatures in that movie, did a brilliant job and goes on to also do Labyrinth with him. It's, they collaborated twice. And Brian Froud is currently working on the new uh, Dark Crystal television show that Netflix has greenlit. So we're going to see what happens with this. Uh, Sounds awesome. It's kind of scary also. I really, really don't want them to I'm fuck scary. with something I almost consider sacred. Uh, Dark Crystal True. is not a perfect film. There's flaws to this narrative. But, but it's so really, magical design, and dark. Yeah. The, the really design creepy. makes up for it. The fucking Gartham are the scariest fucking monsters oh. ever, ever. They I mean, give you nightmares, they're, they're, dude. The, the Gartham are terrible creatures. Terrible. And mm. when they die, they're just as terrible. It's gross. It's mm. awesome. <laughs> oh, you know. I just love that guy who's so, like, mm. Chamber, that's Chamberlain. Uh, yeah, I know. I love it. I forgot so his name for a sec. Yeah, it's Chamberlain. Uh, Chamberlain so, is amazing. So, yep, so Dark Crystal, go see it, 1982's Dark Crystal, Jim Henson at his best. Uh, also, um, I wanted to mention Token Tommy Clark of Repo Nerds, uh, you know, of fame and, you know, Necrocasticon and all that stuff. He's going to have an appearance at the Syracuse, New York Power Common Comic and Pop Convention on the 25th this weekend. So if you want to go meet Token Tommy Clark, you can do that. He's also going to be at StokerCon very soon, which is a horror author convention. But we'll talk about that on another show. Um, on the 27th, back here in my hometown, um, Queenie, have you heard they've relaunched a Heather's TV show? We've talked about it briefly on the show before. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Not really impressed. Well, they, I, will, but I will say they're doing the promos right. What I'm saying like that is they're throwing okay. Heather movie part, Heather's movie parties across the United States at Alamo Draft Houses. And so one of those draft houses happens to be here in D.C., so uh, not too far from me. And they are going to actually do, show the original film, and then they're going to give an extended sneak peek of the new TV series before it premieres on March 7th. So, uh, you know, so hey, you know, if you're into Heathers, there's a cool promo event, and go for it, right? I'm not as... Like I'm not as into Heather's as some of 
the people I know are, but I do like Heathers, but like I, I never felt like it was my kind of movie, you know? Oh, I loved Heathers when it first came out, but I, was I love also, it. it wasn't, I love Winona Ryder, actually. That yes. was really what it was. Yeah. Winona Ryder yes, and Kristen, <laughs> Kristen Slater at that time period. Oh, my God. I uh-huh. had a poster on my so wall. So hot. I, had, I was not the girl that put posters of boys on her wall. I had two. He was up there, and Kirk Cameron was up there. That was it. <laughs> oh, Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron, yes. I had a huge poster Kirk Cameron. There was a room. period where he was okay. <laughs> oh, you know, he's kind of troublemaker, bad boy, asshole, and I totally attracted uh-huh. to that style to this day. You know, oh, oh, it's so bad. Being yum, attracted yum. to assholes is a terrible thing. I just want to point that out. It really is. Um, it's very toxic. Yeah. It is toxic. <laughs> it's terrible. It's awful. God damn awful. it, they're so cute. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and then you get a good boy, and you don't know what to do with them because they're not treating you badly. So you're like, uh, that, you know, it's terrible. But I shouldn't be talking about this stuff. Let's move on. All right, let's get back to movies. It's all about the movies. So if you don't really care about Heathers, how about Lloyd Kaufman? Ooh. Oh, I love Lloyd Kaufman. He is a doll. Philly is where it's at, like, this next few week, two weeks. I know. They're just having screenings everywhere. Um, I wish I could go to Philly. Philly's awesome. If you came to visit me, I'd take you up to Philly if you wanted to go. I'd let you pick. We could go to Philly. We could go to New York. You would have to pick one. We can't do both, but we could do one. (laughs) You know, know, Philly, we go to New York. Yeah, think about it. I'll work on my passport issues, okay? Yeah, you should. You really should. (laughs) I got to renew my passport. You should actually be doing that shit now before the laws change. You know what I'm saying? The laws haven't changed yet. I know, but it's going to be really hard for me. Like, there's yet. all this bureaucratic crap I got to do. So, oh, of course. I there get is. like my birth certificate well, and bullshit. I just got to start jumping through those fucking hoops. You know how it works. Fucking That's hoops. That's my life. Oops. They're big and they're small. Yeah. But they all have electric fences around them and they burn. <laughs> they burn so bad. <laughs> Oh, True sorry. I, I'm feeling. I'm feeling for you. That's all right. I, I know. Oh shit! It's hard. You've you been know, through your own shit. You don't get it. it. No, they don't get it. They don't get it. They no, don't know they how don't. hard it is. Like you know, my no. one of my best friends was Guatemalan, and he had it a hard, hard, oh shit, hard time. And 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 then you're and you you're Canadian, and your time is maybe not as insane as what he went through, but you still have a lot of bullshit to deal with. Yeah, I still you dealt know, with shitty shit, you know, and it was ridiculous. Yeah, you know. Like, I can't even anyway, imagine what he was going through, you know? Well, anyway, if if you ever come out, I'll take you to Philly. Yeah. Okay. If you ever come out. Okay. But they're showing. I want to go to the horror thing. The fir- uh, All the horror we things. Have, on the 1st, um, Return to Newcomb High, a.k.a. Volume 2, has its Philadelphia <clears throat> premiere, which is awesome, the new Newcomb High movie. Mm-hmm. And Lloyd Kaufman's going to be there in attendance with the Toxic Avenger. 
and the cast and crew, and they're going to do it. They're going to show both volumes one and two, and they're going to have a Q&A with the director. So that's on that's at the Trocadale in Philly. Uh, and uh, Silker Con in Providence, Rhode Island, which is the big horror convention uh, for horror books. It's one of the best. The Bram Stoker Awards is really the is the star, but there are headliners. Uh, this year, Ramsey Campbell, who is in the same compilation I have with Hellbound Heart with Clive Barker. So it's one of the first horror books I ever read. had a Ramsey Campbell short story in it. Um, Southern Gothic artist Elizabeth Massey and uh, Jeff Strand, uh, the horror author. I met his wife, Lynn Hansen, who was on my Women in Horror panel. So she'll be there. Uh, and and Tok and Tommy, our boy, will be there, and hopefully they'll get to say hi to each other. So that's it. That's I'm done with it. Uh, we will be back in uh, two weeks, Queenie, right after. Yes. Hold on, let me tell you when. Two weeks okay. uh, on the sixth, February sixth. That's the day, that's two days after the Oscars. We'll talk about the Oscars, and I might bring Orin back on to follow up with our Oscar talk before. And then we're uh, I don't know what else we're gonna do. We're gonna do maybe a Monster Mania preview with Erin Marie because she's going to be at Monster Mania. Their headliner is John Carpenter. <laughs> and, and all these amazing That's people. Nice. We'll yeah, huge, huge group. So she's going to go and do that. So we'll have a preview of that show. Uh, and uh, we'll add something else to the lineup. We'll figure it out when we get there. So thank you, Queenie, for being on the show this evening. No problem. And uh, thank you, Erin Marie. I know she's out of uh, battery power, but thank you to her. Thank you to Nathan for guest hosting. And, of course, our guest tonight, uh, Scott Shermer, director of Found, editor of Headless, um, basically horror movie extraordinaire, Harvest Lake, all these great, wonderful indie horror films that push our boundaries. And so we thank you for being on the show. It was an excellent interview. Uh, if Once again, come back on and we'll talk about uh, uh, Days of the Dead and Oscars, or not Days of Monster Mania and Oscars in two weeks. Uh, tonight, I'm going to leave you with the brand new album from They Might Be Giants. And this is their song, The Last Wave, which is also, I believe, part of their dialogue song. Uh, and, um, Good night now. We'll talk to you soon. Much love and good film hunting.